Tonight on Truth Today, we're going to be discussing principles over politics, why it is so important for us to stand for righteousness in our nation, and how we are bound by the Word of God to our principles, or are we? We're also going to be discussing Trump, Speaker of the House, and much more right now on Truth Today. Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us here live on Truth Today. Sharam Hadian with you from Truth and Love Ministry. Uh, I'm so grateful that you can join us tonight on this program uh, that we do twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays every week, Lord willing. Uh, this is a live show. This is not pre-recorded. We're actually in the studio, uh, and we have a lot to cover tonight. And something that is on my heart that I want to share with you uh, that I think um, is going to be so important in the coming year, especially as we look upon the landscape of our nation and the landscape of our politics, the landscape of the church, especially for those of us who are engaged in the battle in our culture. Uh, so important for us to stand on truth and principles. Speaking of truth, uh, that's what this ministry is called, Truth and Love. We're committed to speaking the truth and love. I encourage you to visit our website, tillministry.com, T-I-L-Ministry.com. Please check out all of our content, sign up for our email newsletter, check out our events calendar, our order page, and also our donate page. Also want to encourage you, please, to go to our Rumble page, rumble.com slash Hadian, rumble.com slash If you are there now watching the show and you have not clicked follow, please click follow and like and share. Three things we always ask. Please click follow to subscribe to our page, like and share, as that is our primary uh, platform other than our website to be able to uh, get our shows uploaded and have our content stored somewhere. Um, I want to start tonight and, and share with you why I believe I titled tonight's message Principles Over Politics. Again, the, 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 the theme and the title of our show is Principles Over Politics. Why did I say this? Well, a few different reasons. First of all, I just came back from a, an event here locally in Knoxville. Uh, it's called Celebrate, Celebrate Life Banquet. I was invited to give the opening prayer, the invocation at that event. As you know, um, ever since I've been a Christian for 24 years, I've been an adamant, ardent supporter of life. Uh, many of you know that I wear this uh, pin on my jacket everywhere I speak with the two little feet. Uh, this was something that um, I started wearing uh, after my first uh, was born. My 18-year-old now, who's 18, who's behind the computer, was born uh, when he was a baby, when he was in, just in the womb, when we had an ultrasound, and we didn't know the conception date. And when I saw his, his ultrasound about seven or eight weeks, and I saw this almost formed, fully formed little human being, little hands and little feet, and his heart was about half the size of his body, beating at less than eight weeks old. And I just thought, wow, how can anybody who sees this, if they could see, deny that this is life? And so I've been a passionate, 
an ardent supporter of life, even though before I was a Christian, I thought abortion was fine. Before I knew any better, before I was with the, in the Lord, even as a Muslim, even as a Muslim who was agnostic, I didn't, I thought, well, whatever, you know, your choice, your body, right? Your, uh, that's what I, I thought was the case. But when I came into Christ and I read the Bible and I read the Word of God and I read the principles that are, that are enshrined in God's Word and that I read that Jesus is the Word and Jesus is the author of life, the perfecter of our faith, that He is the one who who was, who is, and is to come. The Word was God and the Word was with God. Uh, John chapter 1, if, if, you, if you've uh, read that, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to go there really quick, right? In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him and without Him nothing was made that was made. So Jesus Christ is... Um, he is the author. He's the perfecter. He is uh, the creator. All things are created through him. Nothing is created without him. And when I understood that God is the author and creator of life, I understood that life is in his hands. And so I've been an ardent supporter, passionate advocate for life. My wife used to serve back in Washington State on the, um, on, on the board of the, of the local uh, Pregnancy Resource Center, Crisis Centers. And uh, I've spoken at, you know, different pro-life events throughout the years. And of course, when I ran for legislature and governor back in the state of Washington, respectfully in 2010 and 2012, every campaign event, uh, every talk, I stood for, and I have cons consistently stood for, the sanctity of life from conception to death, um, trusting God's hands in that design, that life begins at conception. I do not believe in exceptions. I, I'm, I am not politically expedient. I do not believe in exceptions because I believe every life matters. Every life is created in the image of God even those that come out of violence, even those that come out of Satan's plans, whether it's rape or incest, um, those exceptions um, are not necessary because you don't commit an act of violence on top of an act of violence. If there is an act of violence in rape or incest, you don't then perpetrate or, or, or perpetuate that violence by committing another act of violence by murdering the baby. If you don't want the baby, give it up for adoption. There are plenty of people that are looking to be blessed with a child, but I don't believe in destruction. So um, we were talking there, and the reason that, that it struck me is because having run for office, and having known, uh, because Monday night I was speaking at another event here locally for the East Tennessee Conservative Group, and we had some incredible young people who were there speaking, a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old, incredible um, young people who were very 
uh, bold and, 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 and politically active. In fact, this 18-year-old is, is running for a school board position in Franklin uh, County, which is uh, uh, closer to Nashville, Tennessee. We're, of course, in East Tennessee. And I was struck by, you know, their passion and their fervor. And a young gal spoke who is part of the um, Turning Point, you know, Charlie Kirk's organization, Turning Point USA Faith. I just came back from Minnesota where I spoke at an event that was sponsored by TPUSA Faith, Turning Point USA Faith, for me in, uh, in, in, in central Minnesota. And... When I ran for governor, when I ran for legislature, one of the things, one of my biggest battles was within the party because people thought I was, quote, too pro-life. I was too pro-life to be electable. And I would ask the Republicans, I don't understand. If this is in your platform, then why don't you stand on it? Why don't you advocate it? If you don't believe in it, then take it out of the platform, vote it out. But do not have that, those things. Do not have moral issues in the platform and then tell candidates that it's okay to not stand on it and then claim to be Republicans. That's the problem we have. And this young lady, Nicole Hirschberger, who is the TPUSA faith uh, representative here in the state of Tennessee, was talking about her days. Uh, she used to work for the Republican Party as an accountant and was talking about how um, just how corrupt the, the, the party is and how the money was being wasted on extravagance and wasteful trips and schmoozing and lobbyists and everything but where it really matters and, and that they were going to not support and elect conservative candidates that were actually standing on the conservative principles yet were being political. So a lot of people believe that we should see righteousness in our nation, but don't understand that the decay of righteousness in our nation has come at the expense uh, of, 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 of political expediency because we're always told, well, you know what, you know, the 80-20 rule, I was told that when I ran, the 80-20 rule, you, 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 know, you, you get 80%, you're doing pretty good. But yet principles have been eroded and eroded and eroded. And that's how we get rhinos, Republican in name only. That's how we get globalists running as Republicans. Or we get Democrats running as Republicans. And how any blood-bought, born-again Christian can support the Democrat Party, I don't even understand that. I don't understand the level and the lack of discernment and the lack of credibility to claim that I'm a born-again, spirit-filled, blood-bought Christian that follows the Word of God, and yet I'm going to support the Democrat Party. Now, listen, I understand those who say, I don't want to support either party, because I just, I just, just said, those who have been in the arena as I have when I ran for legislature and governor, and I saw the party politics, or those who, like this young lady, Nicole, who was actually working for the Republican Party, handling all the money. And you know what she said that I've said for years after I ran for governor in 2012? I said, I will never blanket support the Republican Party again. I will not give money to the Republican Party. 
I will give money and support individual candidates who are, you know, if they're running as Republicans. I believe in vetting and, and supporting individual candidates if we're going to be, quote unquote, political. But I will not. And she affirmed that. She, she absolutely affirmed exactly what I've been saying for the last 11 years since I ran for governor, that with the higher up you go, the, the, the politics are so corrupt and they corrupt good people. Good people, well-meaning people go into the system and if they're not deeply grounded in their faith and their convictions, they will be corrupted. Because when it comes to raising money, when it comes to how much money it takes to run a campaign nowadays, that if you want to run a congressional campaign, you need several million dollars. If you want to run a statewide campaign, like for Senate or for governor, you need tens of millions of dollars. And of course, if you want to run for president, you need at least a billion dollars. That's right, a billion dollars. And so this expediency is what has gotten us in the mess of our nation. And politicians will come, like tonight there was one at this event, and they will say, listen, in fact, I agree with this, what this local elected official said, that the problem we have is that elected officials compromise. And that he was trying to say that on the issue of life, we can't compromise. I agree. But then on other issues, we shouldn't compromise either that are clear cut. When we see the drag queens and the transgender uh, Marxists and the transgender mafia coming after our children, we shouldn't compromise that either. We should stand up and do everything in our power and don't hide behind political expediency. And see, I, I know what it's like to see politicians come into a crowd, you know, we call it, you know, red meat, that, that, that you know you're in front of your supporters and you throw them red meat. You throw them what they want to hear. But then when it comes to the rubber hitting the road, when you're about to vote, when you're about to act, when you're about to stand, then it's oftentimes political expediency. Or it's, I don't have any choice. Or what can I do? Well, what we can do is stand for the truth. What we can do is stand for righteousness. What we can do is not compromise. And people say, well, guess what? Compromise doesn't win. I mean, uh, to, 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 to be principled doesn't win. You have to compromise. Well, there are certain things that you may be able to compromise on, but if you're compromising on your principles, then you're compromised. Let me say that one more time. There may be room for compromise, but if you compromise on your principles, and especially for us as Christians, what we're bound to by the scriptures, then you will be compromised. And the same happens for pastors. Whether you're a pastor or whether you're an elected official, if you compromise on your principles, on the essentials of your faith, then you are compromised and you're no good. Someone owns you. And it's not the Lord. 
And so this is so important going into 2024 because we see this even with Trump where now there's a battle, especially on the pro-life issue, because uh, pastors are being asked to support Trump for 2024. That's, again, if he's the nominee after all these charges that are against him. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I know it's a witch hunt in, in, in the majority of those cases. It's a, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weaponized uh, 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 political governmental system now that is against our political enemies. But um, when he has refused to call out the deadly shots that he has so stood for and how much money did his campaign get from Big Pharma? How much money did his son-in-law make from Big Pharma? Kushner. When he comes out and says that if you're too pro-life, you can't win. And so tonight, one of the, there was a state representative there from the state of Tennessee who said something very interesting. He said that in 2014, when he first got elected, that Tennessee was one of the most pro-abortion states in the country less than 10 years ago. But by pushing, 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 pushing for the right to life, fighting for life, and all those who have fought Tennessee now is the most pro-life state in the entire country in 10 years. Now, of course, that was a huge factor to Trump appointing the legislator, the, the, the Supreme Court. So we give Trump credit for that. And so I don't know what game he's playing, Trump, with these conversations about you know, coming after being too pro-life, criticizing states that are wanting to pass a 15-week ban or a six-week ban, which is not really pro-life, right? It's not really pro-life, but it's, it's, they, they see it as incrementalism. I've heard that so much. Well, we gotta be incremental. I'm okay with incrementalism as long as the end goal is to ban abortion. As long as the end goal is to stop murdering those who are image bearers of Christ. I get it that politically sometimes things have to be incremental. As long as the end goal is, we have to stop the murdering of babies, period. He said that since the trigger law in Tennessee went to effect last year, 13,000 babies have been saved. 13,000. Can you imagine if 13,000 children were rescued from human trafficking? That would be national news. And so we celebrate those victories because it takes principled people to stand. And so politicians can speak and speak and speak, but what I look for is how they vote, how they stand, how they act when the rubber hits the road. And beyond politicians, 
this is a Christian issue. This is a biblical issue because anybody that professes Christ should be living by this verse. Here is Matthew chapter 30, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Now, of course, the context is about not worrying about what we shall eat or what we should drink or what we shall wear because our Heavenly Father knows what we need. But I think the principle here is so important. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That we operate from a position of victory because we know that the Word of God is the Word of God. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is righteous. We know that that's, this has power if we apply it, if we live it, if we stand for it. That's what makes a change. Compromise does, especially on the Word of God, does not ever bring good change. Compromise in the Word of God brings bad change, evil change, corrupt change. So seek first God, the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things should be added to you. And that includes when we're standing for our politics. So I want to encourage you, if we don't hold those who are elected, who profess to be Christians, if we don't hold them to account and their weak need, like I've said so many times about our governor here in Tennessee who claims to be a Republican, who claims to be a Christian, and maybe he is, maybe he is not. I'm, I'm not questioning his salvation, but I am questioning his decision-making and his discernment because he is politically expedient. Just like when he tried to push this red flag laws and take away our Second Amendment rights because of the fact that, oh, an emotional argument, thinking that, oh, if we ban guns, or we take guns out of the hands of those who are quote-unquote unstable, not having the wisdom to understand how those laws will be used by those who seek to take guns out of the hands of those who are law-abiding and righteous. Uh, I want to turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and look at verse for um, this is a principle again of our, of our of our merger because it's very difficult to be in the world. So if we're going to stand for civil authority and righteous civil authority, again, I get it. A lot of us look at politics and go, especially pastors. I don't want to have anything with politics. Believe me, I felt that way after I ran in 2012. I was so sick of the politics. I was so sick of the compromise. I thought, I'm never going to get involved again. But I realized that, no, what I can not do is vacate fighting for truth and righteousness and the principles of God, the worldview of God. I don't have to be political to be able to fight for those things. I don't have to endorse the Republican Party or, well, not that I would ever endorse the Democrat Party with their demonic platform, but I would never endorse a party over politics, that I can be involved in the civil arena and the civil fight without having to compromise my principles and understanding this principle. Here it is. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, again, in context, in context, right, this is talking about 
justifying licentiousness because it's talking about that um, desiring pleasure that wars in your members. It's talking about the lust of the flesh and how the lust of the flesh leads to licentiousness, um, murder, covet, uh, 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 you know, that there's a battle going on and, 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 and people are giving into their pleasures. People are giving into their lusts. And it does not give justification for that because it says if you do that, you are becoming friends of the world. And I would say the same thing. If we're going to stand for principles over politics, you can be in the world but not of it. You have to be willing to hold the feet of those who are running for office, even Trump, to, to fire by saying you must stand on principles. We can win on principles. We can, we can, we can, we can. And if we keep saying we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, then of course that's a, a way out to compromise. But I believe we can, even though, because listen, we're going to be labeled as far right. We're going to be labeled as domestic terrorists. We're going to be labeled as white supremacists. We're going to be labeled as extremists. No matter what we do, by the very nature of who we are, as Christians, as conservatives, as patriots, we're going to be labeled those things no matter what. So why not do it standing for principles over politics? politics. Again, if you joined us later on the show, tonight's topic, tonight's theme is principles over politics. That's what we're talking about here. And I was just talking about that, you know, coming from this pro-life event and hearing the good news that there were those who have been fighting in the state of Tennessee for the last 10 years to go from one of the most pro-abort states to now the most pro-life state in the entire country. Praise God. Hallelujah. But, but, the warning tonight was the rhino Republicans, not the Democrats, it is the rhino Republicans, or maybe those who are really wolves in sheep's clothing, who are trying to, like they did last year, come after and, and, and open the door for abortion again. Oh, we need exceptions. We need this. We need that. To open the door. When the door has been shut. When God finally shut the door, answering our prayers that people have been praying for over 50 years. It is the corrupted politicians. It is the corrupted politics of, of, of rhino Republicans or the Republican Party leadership. It is the corrupted politics that is also corrupting Trump. We need to pray for him. Because I see a, he's a different man than he was in 2016 when he was the outsider. I don't consider him the outsider anymore. And so we got to be careful not to put all our hope and trust in one man. And so it is so important for us not to defile ourselves. Because if we compromise we become defiled. There are so many moral issues right now that this nation is facing. The nation's confused about what a woman is, what a man is. Yet, as I said in the text alert tonight, we are bound by scripture. It doesn't matter what your opinion is, right? You don't have to quote your opinion to people. If people say, what do you believe? Sharon, what do you believe about the sanctity of life? What do you believe about abortion? I say abortion is murder. That's not my opinion. That's what the Word of God says. 
Because the Word of God says that God created in the womb. Before, before, you know these verses. First of all, in Genesis, right, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So when someone says, well, I don't understand. Why do you have to be so judgmental? Why do you have to be so legalistic? Uh, why do you got to believe that marriage is only, or uh, there's only two genders? It's not my opinion. I'm not standing on Sharam Hadian's opinion or Joe Blow's opinion. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It matters what the Word of God has declared. The Word of God declared, right? God declared in His Word. He created them male and female. He created them in His own image and called it good. So if God declared it to be good and He created it in His own image, then we stand on the sanctity of one man and one woman and we're not going to be confused about what a woman is or what a man is. We're not going to be confused about... Uh, you know, Dylan Mulvaney or any of these people. And listen, I tell you, I said this in my presentations lately. Every one of these dudes that tries to dress up as a woman is ugly. Ugly. I haven't seen one of them that's good looking. Because when you pervert yourself, you, can be, you, become, you become distorted. Because it's spiritual, it's demonic. You become distorted. Because you're, you're rejecting your image in God. So why do I stand on biblical marriage as between only one man and one woman and not between two men or two women or a dog and a man or a cat and a monkey or a, 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 a uh, I remember, I think it was in Washington State or one of them was back there. They were talking about they wanted to have a, uh, someone be able to marry a tree or marry a mermaid. Or we want to marry three people or four people, five people, 10 people, 50 people. We want to marry the spirit. I want to marry the sky. Look, there, there's, depravity has no limit, right? Open the doors, floodgates. Depravity has no limit. If people go nuts, they're nuts. If people become deranged, they're deranged. When you open the floodgates and you reject God as creator, all bets are off. So don't be surprised that a man wants to marry a monkey or a dog or that now they have literally, I kid you not, in the schools, they're allowing children to identify as cats. This is not a joke. There's already school districts, we were talking about this on my trip, that are putting litter boxes in the schools. You cannot make this up in 2023. We are deranged as a society because we have rejected God because now we're going to allow children to pretend like they're little, that they're a cat or a dog. My, 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 my girls sometimes pretend like they're a dog. I'm like, you're not a dog, you're a princess. I mean, we all like to do that, right? We pretend like, you're a dog. Am I going to go buy them a litter box? Am I going to go, go, go affirm them? No, because that's insanity. Because we got to stand on principles. Why? Because it's what the Word of God says. That's not love. That's delusion. That's delusion. If you're going to affirm that your child is a cat or a dog, you are sick. 
and you're delusional and you forfeited the right to be a parent. And if the school districts are going to put litter boxes in the schools. Drya, do me a favor. Can you look that up? I know that's there. We're going to bring that up before the end of the show. Just look up school districts putting litter boxes. Because I know some of you are thinking, no, this is not true. Um, but I'm telling you... Uh, this is the insanity. Uh, no, it's not. That's NBC. That's that's that's. Uh, uh, no, go to a different one. Is that that's what is that one? We'll we'll bring it up. I I know it's there, but but this is not. Uh, like yeah, go now. This is news. The the one case. Um see what this is about, but I mean, it, it talks about it's a dark, dark case, but um, w w listen, why would it be shocking that if schools are, are, are wanting to affirm gender insanity at three years old and four years old, why would they then not placate uh, children? Let me go, while he's looking that up, let me go to a couple other verses you know this. Again, let's go to um, uh, one second here. I, I want to look this up. Because the Lord has spoken through his word, right? Here we go. Jeremiah 1.5. You know this one. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This is speaking of the calling on Jeremiah's life. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nation. So the Lord knew Jeremiah before he was ever formed in the womb. God knew if you're a man, if you're a woman. God knew what your calling is, what your purpose is. And then, of course, uh, Psalm 127. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. They're from the Lord. They're a gift. So why do I stand in the sanctity of life? Why do I believe that it's murder? Thou shalt not murder, one of the Ten Commandments, because God authored life. He knew even before that cells are conceived, before even conception happens, God knew that life before it was ever formed. Therefore, that life is in God's hands. He knew how it was going to be formed. He knew through what method, whether you planned it or whether it's unplanned or whether it's from violence or whether whatever. God still has a purpose. He allowed it. He allows life and he has a purpose for life. And when we try to end life, we're acting as God. So we are bound by Scripture. Why do I believe that we should have borders? Because the Bible says that God is a God of borders, boundaries. The book of Luke, chapter 17. That God is a God of nations and not globalism. Psalms. So why do I believe that a nation should have borders and boundaries and people should come in lawfully and I'm bound by Scripture despite so many social justice Christians saying, oh, it's so wonderful. 
because the word of God declares it and I'm bound by scripture. But see, if you're going to be political and you're going to say, I want to be political, this is the argument. See, this is why, this is why so many pastors, by the way, FYI, you want to know why pastors won't talk about political things? Because they've seen the compromise. Now, some of it is cowardice, some of it is 501c3, some of it is because they don't want to upset the apple cart, they don't want to lose money and, and, and the tithe. I get all that. But one of the reasons that legitimately pastors will tell me is because they see the corruption and the compromise in the party politics. They go, I can't support that because as a pastor, I have to be principled. As a pastor, I'm bound by scripture, just like me. Sharam Hadian, as a man of God, as a pastor, as a servant of Jesus Christ, as a minister of the gospel, I am bound by scripture. And the moment that I go outside of scripture, I'm going outside of God's authority, I'm going outside of God's favor, I'm going outside of God's blessing. I am bound by scripture. And so that's why pastors will say, well, then that's why we don't want to mix faith with politics. We're not going to bring faith into politics, and that's the opposite of what we need. Because if we had principal people who were in politics and in the civil authority, we wouldn't be in the mess that we were in. If good, godly, God-fearing people who had the fear of the Lord in them and not the fear of man, we wouldn't be in this mess. If the righteous reign, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people moan and groan. Book of Proverbs. We wouldn't be in this mess. So the solution isn't to bail on the civil authority. The solution isn't to bail on running for office the solu or having good people run for office. The solution isn't to bail on going to your uh, city council meeting or your county commission meeting or to the public libraries or to the school boards and showing them the filth and the pornography that's in the books. The solution is principal people going and standing and standing on principle. That's the solution. If we have the courage to actually stand, one more time, if you're joining us late, tonight's show, principles over politics. If we, have, if, if we are courageous enough to stand on these things. Why? Because the other side is principled. Right? Let's go to that Blaze Media article that Planned Parenthood prescribes. Right? Because principled people are right there are uh, on the other side as well. The other side, the Democrats, the left, those who are demonic, those who are unrighteous, those who are um, uh, immoral. Guess what? They have principles. They believe in their cause. And they're standing on their cause. Look at this article, Planned Parenthood prescribes autistic youth cross-sex hormones after a simple 30-minute Consult. A pro-life piece from the Free Beacon, Free Beacon shared the story of an 18-year-old high school student from New Jersey referred to as Fred who was prescribed estrogen after one consultation at Planned Parenthood. Because remember, I covered this several months ago that now that Planned Parenthood, uh, go ahead and come back to me, please. Now that Planned Parenthood uh, can't be in the business in some states of murdering babies, whereas in other states like Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, California, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, New York. These are the most regressive, horrible, evil, demonic laws now allowing for the murder of the baby, in most cases up to birth. 
and in some cases pushing for legislation to make it lawful to murder the baby after the baby's born, which is what we call infanticide. Child sacrifice. Child sacrifice isn't just in the womb. It can happen outside the womb as well, folks, like in the times of Israel with, with Molech. It's the same spirit of Molech. And so what is the solution? The solution is for people to stand up. The solution is for principled people. So I want to share with you a little bit of encouragement. Here's some good positive things that we see happening. Um, let's go to the Penn School Board, please. Uh, there should be one more there, right there. Uh, Pennsylvania School Board reverses decision bans boys from girls' bathroom. A Pennsylvania school board is reversing a prior decision and choosing now to ban boys from girls' bathrooms and locker rooms following pressure from parents and students. There's the key. Last month, the Perkeoman Valley School Board in Montgomery County voted against the policy that would require students to use bathrooms that correspond to their biological sex. School board members now reversed that decision on Monday with a narrow 5-4 to four vote in response to the school board's previous rejection. Um, the student stage a walk, walk, walkout. 400 students left their class, classrooms and stood outside school buildings to protest the school board's decision. And because of the uprise, see, again, if principal people stand on the principles, common sense, or what the Bible says, two genders, biological males should not be competing with biological females. Biological males should not be uh, using biological females' bathrooms or vice versa. That's just common sense and it's truth grounded in the Word of God. No Bible-believing Christian who is standing on the Word of God should be confused about that. shouldn't happen. If it does, it's because they are compromised. Right? Compromised means you're corrupted. You are confused. Repent. Please repent. We need principled people standing for righteousness. And this is not about one, you notice again, this is not about a political party per se, because I just shared with you tonight that the Republicans in many cases are just as corrupted at the higher levels as the Democrats are at all levels. And when you have somebody that, like the other night, that actually said, who was an accountant, who actually saw the books, saw the money that was coming in, hundreds of millions of dollars coming into D.C., into the Republican coffers and going to special interests and going to lavish trips and going to only support those candidates that, that are controlled, they will not support candidates that are principled. I had a story I was sharing with her back in 2012 that a friend of mine who was a county commissioner ran for Congress. His campaign manager was, is still, to this day still a good friend of mine, principled man of God who uh, has steadfastly fought in the state of Washington for marriage, for gender, uh, sanity, to defend biblical marriage. Um, when this candidate ran... In the primary, he won the primary over the Democrat. He got way more votes, about 55% of the votes in the primary in a winnable county back in 2012. 
that county no longer is now winnable for a Republican, but it was back then and he had the momentum. So he, he, he gets 55% of the vote. The NRCC, National Republican Congressional Committee, that's the Congress, that's the Republicans who are running the Congress. That's who gives money to all the candidates who are running for Congress. They came in and said, listen, we're willing to give you a million dollars off the bat and we're gonna set up a call center for you. All you gotta do is fire your entire campaign staff, including the man of God who was the campaign manager, who was his friend, but a longtime friend, who had been an ardent admirer, uh, an ardent fighter for biblical marriage and fighting against the homosexual agenda in Washington State. And who are they gonna replace? They were gonna bring a campaign team in that were from a group called the Log Cabin Republicans. If you do not know what the Log Cabin Republicans are, that is the homosexual branch of the Republican Party. Those are all the pro-homosexual Republicans. So intentionally, they were gonna bring somebody in to run his campaign that was pro-LGBT when he and his campaign manager were vehemently against that. When he said no, when he stood on his principles, they did not put a dime into his campaign. They did not give him a call center. And guess what? He didn't have the money. He didn't have the support. And he didn't win the general election, an election that was winnable for a Republican, godly, conservative candidate. Now, at the end of the day, God's sovereign. And so as a Christian, he felt, all right, maybe God protected me from having to go into the swamp. Because I can tell you from running, it is a swamp. In fact, right now, just so you guys can be in prayer for me, I am prayerfully considering possibly running for a House of Representatives seat here in the state of Tennessee next year, 2024. But you know what makes me think twice about it? I mean, obviously, it's got to be God's calling, but what makes me think twice about it is the swamp that is the Republican Party. That's what makes me think twice about it as a pastor, as a principled man of God, because I will not put politics over principles. And that, that makes people sometimes deemed as unelectable and you won't get support. That's okay, because if God's calling, then I gotta, we'll run from, you know, I, I just run our own money, raise our own money, but that's where we're at. Okay, let me give you another one here, uh, another good one. Dry, let's go to the one about, um, where is that one? Teach Kids the Read Week. Can we bring that up? Moms for Liberty. I was just speaking at an event in Minnesota with people from Moms for Liberty. And, um, the uh, Teach Kids to Read Week Moms for Liberty launches event countering LGBTQ ideology. 2021 Moms for Liberty was founded to protect parents' rights to raise their own children. Scattered across America, Moms for Liberty is comprised of moms, dads, and activists alike fighting against the LGBT ideology, infiltrating schools, policies, and more. They're fighting to protect children. This week, the American Library Association, a taxpayer-funded organization, is hosting Banned Books Week for Children, which involves reading books like Gender Queer, 
a title infamously known for its pornographic content and is banned in multiple school districts. To counter this event, Moms for Liberty launched Teach Kids to Read Week. Supported by Oklahoma Superintendent Ryan Walters. This guy is a Christian good guy. Talk about a principled guy. This counter event serves to refocus on the well-being of the nation's children. Now, though I am not a fan of trying to recapture or reclaim our schools, because I don't think they're redeemable per se, at least in mass. Maybe individual school district, individual schools, yes. But I don't think in mass they're redeemable. I don't think the education system is redeemable. But this is the type of fight that you're going to have to have. Principal people. That's a positive. Here's another article from the Washington Stand. The church must proclaim truth. Leaders urge believers to impact community. Now here's the ironic thing about this. You see on the screen there, that is Family Research Council uh, guy um, uh, Perkins, I think it is. Tony Perkins. But here's the thing that's hypocritical. Perkins this week came up, or at least his, 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 the Washington State stand came out with an article this week bashing the removal of Kevin McCarthy as, as the Speaker of the House when the whole point of that was that there's some principled Republicans that are standing. Now, listen, we're going to talk about this in a minute. Um, it's a very tumultuous time because obviously there's infighting, but there's got to be infighting if you're going to expose the rhinos. There's got to be a battle here if you're going to expose the rhinos because all McCarthy and people, were, the, the rhino Republicans are doing is business as usual, funding, funding the corrupt Ukraine war, billions and billions of dollars to corrupt Ukraine, funding open borders, funding uh, the NDAA and, and, and all the Patriot Act, funding the corrupt pet projects of this regime that is so corrupt. McCarthy can't even say we're going to have an we're going to have an impeachment hearing. No, we're going to have an impeachment inquiry when the evidence is overwhelming against how corrupt the Biden clan is. So I think it's a good thing that he got ousted. But who's next? But Family Research says yes, churches need to proclaim the truth. Leaders urge believers to impact their community. Why? Because a survey by George Barner revealed that 94% of churchgoers are registered to vote. Nine, I say 94% of churchgoers who are surveyed are registered to vote, but only 22% vote regularly. At the Baton Rouge event, uh, Troc Morton spoke on why it's crucial for churches to get involved and ways to do so. Getting involved in cultural matters is important because it's biblical, not political. Amen. I agree. That's what we have to be able to talk about. Biblical, not per political. But if you're going to be biblical, not political, then you got to be principled over politics. You cannot be expedient politically and think that you can, and so many people that are involved in the party politics and involved in the Republican Party don't get this. They don't understand why Christians won't vote. They don't understand why pastors won't get involved. It's because of this issue. Because too often they'll hear the lesser of two. You know how many times I heard that? We have to vote for the lesser of two evils. Well, if we had principled candidates, then we wouldn't have to vote for the lesser of two evils. But you can't win. But if everybody who actually got behind the principled candidate voted, then they can win. And why does this matter? Because when we see 
outrageous things happening in our country. Let's go to the story, Jariah, about the homeschooling fam- family, please. Outrageous. Uh, you guys probably heard this. They live in Tennessee. They live in uh, uh, eastern Tennessee right here. The German family. Go ahead and please bring this up. Outrageous German family who sought asylum after being fined by the German government for homeschooling their children now faces U.S. deportation after being here for 15 years. The Romeke, Romeke family moved in 2008 seeking freedom. Why? Because in Germany, it is illegal to homeschool your children. So they came to the United States. They came to Tennessee and they have a home. They are, you know, legally here. They're, they're, they're not here, they're not criminals. They are lawful asylum seekers. They legally came claiming asylum for religious and political persecution. That's a, that's a legitimate case. And now this corrupt Obama administration wants to deport them. Yet the hundreds of thousands of military-aged illegals coming across are invading our nation. And now, oh, the, did you see this lately? The governor of New York and even Clinton are coming out and turning on Biden. Mayorkas, the head of the DHS, does a turnaround. Oh, we gotta, now we got to build the wall. Now we have to build the wall. But if Trump was for the wall, bad, bad. Any, any conservative for the wall, bad. You're, you're heartless. But now that New York and the city of New York, New York uh, Chicago, now that these major just... Uh, cesspool of cities because of the Democrat-run cities that are under lawlessness and crime. Now that they're there, guess what? Oh, now the tune is changing. Oh, now we need to stop this. Aha. You see, God turns them over. God turns them over. And then maybe they get it. We need to pray for this family. Pray that there will be righteousness my point is that all of these are pointing to the fact that there are, there's a battle going on, folks. And the battle can never be won. And righteousness cannot be exalted. Remember, what, what, what exalts a nation? Righteousness. What does the Bible say? Righteousness exalts a nation. What brings a nation down? Re- the, the sin. Sin is a reproach to any people, right? Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So when a nation is steeped in sin, when a state is steeped in sin, when elected officials are steeped in sin and compromise, guess what? They're a reproach to the people. You want to exalt your nation again? You want America to rise again? There's got to be an awakening. There's got to be a repentance. There's got to be an awakening. There's got to be a turning back and then hopefully, perfectly, an actual revival, a long-lasting reformation. Now, we're in the last days. I don't know if that's going to happen. But I want to encourage you. Why do we need to stand for principles over politics? Look what, because listen, I told you before, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to be labeled, if you're a Christian, a conservative, a patriot, you're going to be labeled like this. Here we go. Um, let's go to the Blaze Media Dryer. FBI secretly targeting Trump supporters ahead of 2024 election. Labels MAGA followers as, quote, domestic violent extremists. This is nothing new. We've been telling you this. The FBI reportedly is secretly targeting supporters of former President Donald Trump ahead of 2024 
During a three-month investigation, Newsweek spoke to more than a dozen current or former government officials specializing in terrorism. The experts revealed that the FBI is covertly monitoring MAGA Republicans because the domestic intelligence agency suspects that Trump supporters are the greatest threat of violence, possibly even capable of starting a civil war. The in-depth probe reportedly found that the FBI clandestinely created a new category of violent domestic extremists that is intended to target Make America Great Again followers. This is nothing new. Obama created this term, violent domestic extremists, back in 2009 when they got Muslims off the list, when Islam is no longer an actual threat, jihad is no longer a threat, jihadists are no longer a threat, the number one terrorists in the world are Muslims. No, no, no. Now we're going to look at what, quote-unquote, white supremacists, which I'm labeled as one, even though I'm from the Middle East, which is laughable. Now we're going to look at, you know, um, uh, this aspect of, of um, uh, um, the, anybody that's a Christian, a conservative, a patriot, you believe in freedom, you believe uh, that the elections were stolen, you, 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 you uh, uh, want to stand up against uh, COVID tyranny, all those things, folks, you're a domestic terrorist. So listen, if you're going to be a domestic terrorist, you might as well stand for principles over politics, right? If you're going if you're, if you're to be labeled as that anyway, <coughs> you might as well stand for principles over <coughs> politics. By the way, final piece of news <coughs> tonight. Sorry, got something in my throat there. <coughs> this thing is going to be really interesting to see what happens with um, Kevin McCarthy being ousted just in. Actually, uh, dry, let's go to the art other article <coughs> first. The Blaze Media. Trump says, go ahead, bring this up. He says he's open. Marjorie Green Taylor came out and said that she, she wants to nominate uh, Trump. Uh, Jim Jordan is in the, run, in the running for speaker. Uh, Scalise is in the running for speaker. I'm sure there'll be others who are more in the rhino camp. I think Scalise is probably in that rhino camp. I don't know about Jim Jordan. He's on the Freedom Caucus. But... Um, I mean, I think he'd be better than McCarthy, but <clears throat> but uh, this is interesting because most what most people do not know is the United States Constitution does not forbid anybody from being uh, voted in as Speaker. Anybody, I tomorrow could be voted in as Speaker of the House if enough if, if their um, majority votes. So this is a plausible scenario. Let's go to the next one. Trump now says um, he's considering a trip to the Capitol ahead of the speaker vote. Um, Trump confirmed on Wednesday he had been approached about the possibility of becoming the next speaker of the House of Representatives. Speaking to reporters outside the New York City courthouse, Trump said he'd be willing to take on the role, emphasizing his commitment to doing whatever is best for the country and for the Republican Party. Boo. Don't talk about the Republican Party. Country, yes. No for the Republican Party. Because you'll, it won't be best for the Republican Party. Um, all I can say is we'll do whatever is best for the country and for the Republican Party, he says. A lot of people have asked. So uh, go ahead and please come back to me. Is this likely? No. It's not likely. But it's interesting. It's interesting. Do I think he's going to get the prerequisite votes? No. I think he needs uh, 218, if I remember right. There's um, 435. Um, 
So yeah, 218 would be the prerequisite votes to get enough votes. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's sure, sure interesting scenario. But I just want you to understand, from a constitutional standpoint, it is absolutely lawful. Trump could be elected as the next Speaker of the House if enough Republicans voted for him. Um, so again, we'll see what happens there. But the gist of tonight, the gist of tonight is about righteousness in our nation, righteousness in our communities, righteousness in our local cities and local communities. We will not ever have that righteousness unless we who are fighting the culture wars, who are fighting to stand for truth and righteousness in our community, to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, we will never, ever accomplish that unless we have principles over politics. And I know people say, well, I'm not electing a pastor. I'm electing a politician. I'm not asking you to elect a pastor. I'm, we're asking you to elect good, righteous men and women who will stand on the principles of our Constitution, the principles of our founding documents, the principles of limited government, the principles of free speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, freedom to assemble and to redress our grievances, freedom to defend ourselves and all the other principles, but also on liberty, the principles of, of the Word of God. We are bound by the Word. It is not an option because the moment you violate this, this, you're compromised. And to be compromised means you're now becoming corrupted. Someone's corrupted you. Someone owns you. Someone controls you other than God, other than the Holy Spirit. So thank you for, thanks for being with us tonight. We'll be back with you live uh, next Tuesday for a show. want to encourage you a couple things. Remember, our two new DVDs, our brand new one, One World Religion Rising is out. Please go to our event, our uh, order page. Order this must-must-see, One World Religion Rising. Also, our great pushback DVD. Please order it, tillministry.com slash pushback, tilministry.com slash pushback. By the way, this Sunday night is going to be our next house church that we're meeting. Uh, please visit our website, tillministry.com slash church if you want more information. Now, we're unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to live stream yet where I'm looking at that option. If we do, we will send out a text alert. If we're able to live stream Sunday night, um, we'll see. But here's what I will tell you. We are working on finding a place locally. Please pray for us that God will provide the right place for us to meet publicly once we launch public services uh, Sunday nights. But right now we're meeting in our home and from there we are still working to launch House Church Network uh, across the country uh, and here in East Tennessee. So if you're interested, visit tillministry.com church. Uh, click on that page for Till Church. Um, read about it. Fill out the form if you're interested. We are going to follow up with you soon. Do not think that we have not, we, that we've forgotten about it. We just got to put together our, our materials and our documents and, and, and the plan to be able to help um, facilitate house churches in other parts of the country for those of you who are open to it. If you're open to facilitating one in your home, um, please fill out the form. Let us know. And if you want to support us, either for the church or for the ministry as a whole, please go to our donate page, tillministry.com slash donate. 
tailministry.com slash donate. Prayerfully consider giving a one-time donation right now to help us keep this ministry going and all of our expenses. Everything is going up, and I know it's going up for all of us, folks. This is a tough time, but I pray that the Lord will bless you and your family and your household. If you want to mail in a check, you can mail it to our P.O. Box uh, at uh, P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee, 37802. P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee, 37802. Please make checks payable to Truth in Love or Truth in Love Ministry. If it's for the church, please don't put church on the main line. Put church on the memo line. Again, put church on the memo line. And then finally, if you want to be a part of our monthly uh, support team, you can join our Gideon Army of 300. We're praying for 300 who will rise up, pray for us, and donate on a monthly basis or bi-weekly basis, any amount over $5. Thank you guys for all your support. Thank you for every single one of you who tunes in, who supports us. Please um, like, share, get the word out. Let's be principled over our civil authority and over our politics. It's the only way, folks, that we can see a turning around and standing our ground, particularly in the local areas that we are standing. That's what we're trying to do in East, here in East Tennessee. You can do it in your area. Get together with like-minded believers, Christians and patriots, and say we're gonna stand and we're not gonna compromise. This is Pastor Sharon Mahdi. Have a blessed weekend. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, stay grounded in the Word of God, in your faith. The, the Lord is good. God is coming back soon. He's sovereign, He's on His throne, and He will not be defeated. He's already victorious. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. God bless you. We'll see you on Tuesday.